Let us pray. Lord, still in us any voice but your own, that we might hear what you have to say to us this day and respond. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. A reading from the Gospel is in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verses 24 to 37. Jesus has been talking to his disciples, talking about the end times. He speaks to them about false messiahs and false prophets. He tells them to be alert. And then he continues. But in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, be aware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep away, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midday, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep away. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. He was born on January 24, 1932, in a city located in the middle of the Netherlands. It was a very difficult delivery, and there was concern that mother and son might not survive. He was the oldest of four children. His name, Henry Nouwen. He had the ambition and drive for leadership of many firstborn children. His biographer, Julian Boimer, has noted two sides to Henry's personality, however. He was energetic and enterprising, on the one hand, but also inclined to piety and reflection, on the other. Perhaps you can identify with this tension in your own life. I can. 
In any event, Henry was ordained a priest in the Roman Catholic Church in 1957, but followed that with seven years of graduate study in psychology. Henry wanted to understand human development and believed that it had been stifled by the institutional church. As a side note, I so identify with this interest of Father Henry. It was a program in psychiatry and religion that drew me into seminary. He was deliberate in his preparation and rather predictably began a career of teaching and writing. This took him to Notre Dame, Yale, Harvard, with brief interludes in the Netherlands and Latin America. But he was constantly searching for inner peace, and he writes in a book published in 1988, I am still the restless, nervous, intense, distracted, and impulse-driven person that I was when I set out on this spiritual journey. Keep in mind that this comes from the same person who has been an important spiritual guide for many of us. We'll return to Father Henry Nouwen's story because it speaks to the expectation epitomized by Advent. And I want us to think deeply about this this morning. First, let us consider again our lectionary readings, for they call our attention to how God enters history. In the Isaiah passage, you heard Christy read, the prophet asked God to act dramatically, to enter human history and act decisively to save God's people. He says, oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. Isaiah's context is significant. Jerusalem, the city where God's holiness was believed to reside, was in ruins. His people were exiles in captivity. But there was persistent hope of restoration. Perhaps you too have hoped at some time that God would act decisively for me, it happened when I served as pediatric chaplain on the children's ward at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. This was in the early 70s when survival from childhood leukemia was about 5%, not the 95% it is today. I wanted to see God act decisively to heal the children who were sick and dying. I discovered something else in the process of trying to discern where God was in that situation. I will get to that in a moment. The Mark passage we heard also addresses God's activity. It begins with a description of the end time when the Son of Man arrives with power and glory to gather his elect. It is an unmistakable time. The sun and moon go dark, the stars fall from outer space, 
Jesus advises his disciples to keep awake. Should we take this end time scenario literally? Is it just an end point on the timeline of history? Why would Jesus exhort his disciples to keep awake for something that would not occur in their lifetimes? In this Advent, consider what it is that we are to prepare for and what it is that we should expect. We know, of course, when Christmas will come. We're reminded of that continually in the media. We spend a lot of time in preparation for that event. There are pageants, uh, virtual this year, decorating and preparation for gift giving. We sense, however, that this is not the preparation that Christ expects from us. No, Advent is a metaphor for waiting together as a community of faith with anticipation to identify more clearly our holy calling. The fuel that gives us stamina in this time of waiting is not our own energy to produce results, not the passage of time, not traditions or institutional requirements. Rather, it is the trustworthiness of God in Jesus' promise to re-enter our history personal and collective. Returning again to Father Henry, we find him struggling throughout his life to recognize where God was leading him. He enjoyed teaching and writing. He was a prolific writer, but he was seeking something more. He wanted to live and work in a believing community, and he didn't find that in the university. He eventually found it at the Larch Daybreak community outside of Toronto, Canada. He left Harvard and moved to Daybreak in 1986. He would die unexpectedly of a heart attack only 10 years later but those years were transformative for him. Just a brief word about Larch. It is a community of persons with intellectual and physical disabilities, many of whom are severely affected. Those who care for these persons and those who are cared for treat each other as equals. But they're not equals, you may be thinking. Certainly, those with and without disabilities have different capacities, but they all have the capacity for compassion, and that is the key. Those with handicaps told Father Henry that he was beloved and that he had a true home with them. He, in turn, discovered that he needed them as much as they might need him. It transformed his life. It gave him the peace he was looking for. But the transition to daybreak wasn't easy. He speaks about having to constantly give up his desire to be productive, useful, and successful. 
Only then could he live into the hope that Jesus had entered his life and the life of the world in a decisive way. This is a new kind of decisive action, and it is transformational. Consider this. We trust in an uncertain future because God entered our history decisively in Jesus Christ. That is what Advent preparation is truly about. Our traditional preparations for Christmas can easily become a distraction that lull us into the belief that our tradi traditions somehow capture the full import of this event. Henry Nowen's preparations for his vocation as a priest and professor did not awaken him to the important ministry he was called to serve at daybreak. Rather, it was his experience of the daybreak community that awakened him to Christ's presence in a fresh way. He then discovered that he was at home in a beloved community where Christ was present, a present daily reality. For each of us, it will be a different experience of beloved community, but it is that experience from which we draw life. For me, it was my experience as a chaplain on that cancer service at Memorial Sloan Kettering, interacting with children who had devastating disease. I kept wondering where God was on that ward. <clears throat> Particularly during Advent and Christmas, I found it difficult to comprehend the hopeful expectations surrounding the entry of Jesus into our world. How was it making a difference for those who suffered and died? What I discovered in that place was beloved community where love was a fuel for hope. Like Larch Daybreak, it was a community of persons, in this case, caregivers, parents, and children who experienced love in a powerful way. This love bound these persons together and gave meaning to life in spite of the suffering. I have described some of Henry Nowen's experience with Large Daybreak and briefly my own experience at Memorial to make one important point. It is the experience of beloved community that gives real meaning to life. What ties these experiences together, and I invite you to consider your own experiences, is the presence of both suffering and transformational love. Preparations for the Christmas holidays should not distract us from our appreciation of the real meaning of Jesus' entry into human history. And Jesus asks us to keep awake. We are to live into this new reality where beloved community nurtured by the Holy Spirit and energized by love gives real meaning to our lives. 
Its membership knows no limits, and we dare not exclude any of God's beloved. Our challenge then is to do our part to nurture beloved community in response to God's claim upon us to be faithful stewards, faithful stewards of all that God has given us. Third Church is one such beloved community. Listen to these words from Henry Nouwen. Waiting together, nurturing what has already begun, expecting its fulfillment, that is the meaning of marriage, friendship, community, and Christian life. Advent is a time to consider carefully our role as individuals and families in this beloved community. This beloved community of Jesus Christ. To paraphrase, now and we wait together, we nurture what has begun in this place, and we live in expectation of the fulfillment of beloved community at Third Church and in our personal lives. We continue to open our hearts expectantly to our holy calling. Pastor Zimmermund is guiding the session and trustees and all of us into the future that awaits us. This Advent season, I invite us to consider all the ways we can live in expectation of the future God has in store for us. Most importantly, we don't simply wait for an installed head of staff to appear. We are alert now to all the opportunities to serve the mission of this church in the present time. This includes emergency assistance to those at risk of eviction, bags of food from our food cupboard program, and Christmas baskets to those lacking food meals through our Dining Room Ministries program for the hungry. It includes the work of our deacons, present and former, who reach out to all the members of this congregation to understand their needs and demonstrate to our members that they are still connected to each other in spite of the pandemic. It includes every effort to energize the ministries in our church family from children and youth through seniors. It includes every effort through word, sacrament, and music to engage our spiritual core and strengthen our faithfulness. Jesus told his disciples to keep awake because his arrest and death were near. Soon his beloved community would lose their leader, but more than a leader, Jesus was and is the word of God. He tells his disciples to be alert for his return when there would be judgment and a gathering of the elect. And he did return, first as the resurrected Christ, and then as our advocate, the Holy Spirit. Those early disciples and we ourselves are equipped to live expectantly in a future filled with God's grace, 
We are always in an in-between time. Don't fool yourself into thinking that we have ever arrived at a perfect time. That only happens when God restores the entire creation. No, we must keep awake and alert to God's holy calling to each of us and to God's beloved community at Third Church. God in Jesus Christ has commissioned us to nurture this beloved community. Don't wait for the end time. God is calling us now into fresh beginnings and God will judge our response. Be alert, serve now and know that we will continue to serve Christ as long as we remain alert to Jesus' presence with us. Amen.